You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This is Socks in the Basement. 30 minutes of socks for fans, by fans. And Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. New Year's approaching. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm still in the festive spirit. I'm still in the spirit of just eating garbage. Like just putting leftovers in my mouth. Somebody made the mistake. And when I say somebody, I say my wife. Made the mistake of buying me a $100 bottle of bourbon from Peerless Distilling because she knows that I loved Ooh, it when I yeah. visited and I'm already halfway through that sucker. Um, so, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. like, basically all my Christmas gifts were White Sox related, had something to do with the fact that I ha- have a nine foot homemade oak bar. So it was like glassware, things like that. Uh, craft beer related. I got gift cards at different breweries and uh, I got beers given to me and then bourbons. So clearly that's it. It's just the White Sox and alcohol. That's what everybody looks at. They look at me and they go, That's Everybody his gift. has to have a hobby, Chris, and yours are just very easy to buy for. <laughs> like, that was it. That was, it. That was 90% of the gifts. White socks or alcohol-based. That's what I got. The entire, all Christmas weekend, wherever we went, whoever sent gifts from out of town, white socks or alcohol-related, at least 90, maybe 95% of the gifts that I got. It was incredible. Yeah, I was just say, are you mad about that? No. I, I, I wouldn't be upset for a second. No, I mean, there's times where I sit there and I go, wow, look at this, another bottle of booze. Obviously, I have a problem. Like, that's, like, <laughs> that flashes through my brain. But then I go, no, nah, I'm going to open it up and try it because this looks really neat and I can't wait to taste it. So, like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that was what I got. I enjoyed it. And, and before we go any further, if you've got some money now that you've been handed, uh, if you've been uh, given some different things around the house, let's say you've outfitted your basement with something brand new and shiny, whether it's exercise equipment or something, uh, some big gift. Some audiovisual magic. Exactly. Something you want to protect in your basement. Family Waterproofing Solutions wants to keep that water out of the basement. They want to take care of your foundation, and they want you to schedule your work now for the moment that they're able to go back out there and do work after the winter. Although the weather has been so mild, they might be able to get out there right now. You have you have absolutely, I mean, this is a very, very weird weird week here at the back end of a year it is really warm and so who knows what they'll be able to get done for you right now they do gutter cleaning as well they take care of foundational work and of course the seepage and the water and the window wells and the sump pumps and all that stuff give them a call today or any day 24 hours a day seven days a week 708-330-4466 or visit them at familydry.com what did you get for the holidays did you get any white sack stuff Uh, Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that people always do. They always go, they don't go alcohol as much with me, um, but they definitely go Chicago sports. So this year was uh, White Sox and Blackhawks. That's that's all I seem to have gotten was Sox and Hawks types of stuff. But uh, and and occasionally, you know, you do get something like say a treadmill, which is what my wife decided she and I needed as a as a co gift this year was a message to me to not be quite as tubby. So uh, 
I have that to look forward to, which I suppose is nice. <laughs> you got the you got the gift of be less fat. That's what you were handed this yes. year. Yes, that's that's awesome. And yet, and yet, for dinner last night, I had a big old piece of French silk pie, and that was pretty much it. Right. So that's you know that's where we are. Yeah, I've I've had I've had so much to eat over the last couple of days. I, the reason I bring up the gifts and the reason I'm I'm kind of uh, thinking along those lines is the White Sox gifts I got. I got everything my son bought me. As you can see right here, I got the the eighty three. You know the the batter over the over the, the sex. Batman. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Batman. Man. Yeah, the the eighty three symbol. Uh, he got me a neat shirt for that. It's it's a great shirt. And then I got a new jersey. I got a Luis Robert jersey, which uh, I was very excited about. My parents got me a, a Robert jersey because they know that I believe that that is the next true Hall of Famer on this team. Like that's that's. Frank Thomas right there in my mind. That's Ken Griffey Jr. Right. That, that, that's buying Frank Thomas with the script C and the slightly right. off red and blue. And what I got was I got a pinstripe one. And I have not gotten a pinstripes uniform, like the home one. The black and white pinstripe? Right. I have not gotten that since 05 when, some, when I got a Burley jersey, you know, with the World Series patch on it. That was the last time that I actually got one of those as a gift or bought one for myself. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, why has it been so long since I've gotten that style of Jersey? Because when I look at it, I think to myself, like, yeah, it's not an alternative Jersey. Yeah. It's not the the black one, you know, which is kind of cool, but it's, I think the best Jersey they have. And I know that I'm in the minority in the moment I say that because people love the 83 jerseys and, and people, people love the, the alternate black Jersey that they use with the white lettering. But I still think that the pinstripe jersey with the with the socks in the old English writing that's kind of the takeoff of them what they were wearing back in the in the 50s is their best jersey. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I always thought the 83 stuff and the late 70s with the collar, the softball jerseys, I think people wear those for the kitsch factor more than anything else. And I I'll stand by that comment against anyone because I, I don't think those are particularly attractive uniforms in any way, shape or form, but they're, it's one of those where looking back, they're like, God, the White Sox looked so bad. They almost looked good kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then when you get like true mediocrity after in between the 83 in between what you've got on right now and you know, the, the, the Frank Thomas, his, his rookie year, that, that era where they were just, you know, sort of very nondescript red, white, and blue, yeah, the the C on the cap, eh, you know, I know one guy, my, my cousin-in-law, has stuff from that era and wears it with pride, but he also has something from almost every era. Like, that's his his goal is to sort of run the gamut. But I I will say it's underrated, and I, I you're talking to a guy who in 05 bought a black Burley jersey with the World Series, you know, stuff. Um, but the pinstriped regular home uniforms – are timeless. So I don't know how you can go wrong with them. I just, I think the tendency is to want to get something that is, you know, one of those alternate, the sell side jerseys or something. I mean, I've even got a, a halfway to St. Patty's day. I got a green one. Um, so I, you know, I don't know, but I, I don't have, you're right. I, I don't, I haven't thought about getting a regular black and white pinstripe, even though that literally when they went to those uniforms, the white Sox became one of the most popular uniforms to buy their hats their their jerseys because it was it was just absolutely gangster they had street cred with those uniforms so you my friend now have a Luis robert 
you have a La Pantera street cred uniform. Yeah, that I you know can that. wear with pride, and and I I don't know. I think more people should go for it. Frankly, at this point, you're probably going to stand out more because you have that instead of instead of a Southside jersey. I I believe so. Like here's the thing. Like when I sit up sit around and think about White Sox logos and White Sox jerseys, uh, and I'm a child of the '80s, just like you are. Okay, I mean, like I became a White Sox fan when they were wearing those those jerseys, those red, white, and blue jerseys. I have the the autograph Ron Kittle. Ron's my favorite player as a child. He's been on this show before. Great guy, very nice. I have that '83 jersey of his, and I love that jersey. I love wearing it. But I also think to myself, like I said, I think that that logo, their official logo right now with the old English and the pinstripes is my favorite. And I also will go as far as to say, I really like it when they throw back to the ones back in, you know, the 1917s, 1919s with the big S and the O at the, in the, at the top part of the, uh, the S and the X at the bottom oh, part yeah. of the S. Like I, I love that Jersey as well. I think that's a cool Jersey and I, I would like to see them play in those every once in a while. You know, I mean, like to me, I think there's a group of people that fall in love with the 83 and I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that, man. They're cool. But it, pick one jersey, pick one jersey if they had to spend the, it, like if a Major League Baseball said, that's it. We're done with all this extra money that we're making with these alternate jerseys. We don't right. want the extra money anymore, Ed. That's it. You know what? This whole idea of making up four or five alternate jerseys so we can make a ton of money. We're going to just stick with one jersey. Let's say that they lose their minds and they do that. And you had to pick one. I, I would go with the pinstripe with, with the old English. That's where I would go. That would, in my mind, that is their best Jersey. That is that logo is a timeless logo. They'd be crazy to change it. If you think about the, how many times the white Sox have changed their logo over the years, it's silly, especially compared to teams that have been around as long as the white Sox have been. It's crazy how much they've changed it. They should never change it. That, that's it. That should always be it. You want to have your alternate ones. Great. But when I opened up that Robert jersey, I was like, yeah, because you know what? The best players, the guys who I think are the superstars, I want it in pinstripes. Like I I was, and you know what? I didn't ask for it in pinstripes originally. I was like, oh, you know, it look like I was like, I was like, I need a new jersey. I like the black ones. I like this. I like that. I always forget about the pinstripes. But my dad knew when my dad went out and bought it, he was like, get him the pinstripes. It's the best jersey. And I, I got to go old school and say, I agree. It is the best jersey. Or your dad looked at it and went, get him the pinstripes because it's all they have left. <laughs> Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. I want to jump into the Jeff McNeil talk that I know was done to death as people headed towards uh, the Christmas weekend. 
And there's a reason why we didn't put a show out on Friday. And that's because nobody was going to listen to any White Sox podcast during a lockout on Christmas Eve. Like that just, it, it, I have to be a pretty pompous individual to think that you want to listen to that. Okay. Like, hey, forget the family. Listen to me talk about the White Sox during the lockout on Christmas. Like, I didn't want to do that to you. So we didn't, we didn't really get a chance to talk about the McNeil thing. And Chris did not go along with my suggestion of him and I singing Christmas carols for a half an hour. Yeah, that, that was what I wanted. To brighten your holiday. Yeah, Ed thought it would be a good idea, just 30 minutes of us singing Christmas carols. And I put the Knicks on that immediately. There was no amount of bourbon that was going to get me to do that. Well, you hadn't gotten it yet. You hadn't opened any of your presents. So Now the report is, out of New York, that when the lockout is over, left-handed hitting second baseman Jeff McNeil will be put on the trading block by the Mets. Here's the thing. When people would detract from Nick Madrigal before last season, and then even in season when they defended the trade that Rick Hahn made, which I will remind you, the first tweet from the Sox in the Basement Twitter account after the trade, I did not like the Madrigal deal. Then I got talked into it. And I'll admit it. I got talked into it. I got talked into the idea that there'll be plenty of second basemen that will give me the same amount of production or better then Nick Madrigal in the offseason, and this team will have no problem going out and getting one of those players. Okay, the more we go through this lockout and the closer we get to the start of baseball in 2022, the more I start to say, how could I be tricked into believing that? Because clearly this was an awful deal and my initial instinct was right. But forget all of that. They may go out and do something incredible. I think signing Jeff McNeil or actually trading for Jeff McNeil would be one of those things that could save Rick Hahn's butt on this whole deal. Because when I look at the McNeil stats over the last couple of years, he did not have a very good year last year. His OPS plus was 88, which means he was below average. He did not have a good year. But in his previous years, we're talking about a guy in 2018 who finished sixth in rookie of the year voting. He hit 329 with an 852 OPS and an OPS plus of 138 that season. All right. And it was only 63 games. Fine. In 2019, he's an all-star. He hits 318 with a 916 OPS and an OPS plus of 143. Over 133 games, 567 plate appearances. In 2020, a shortened season, he plays 52 of the 60 games. He hits 311 with an 836 OPS, an OPS plus of 130. Again, he's well above what the average was for that year. And then last year, he has a rough one. He dealt with a hamstring issue. He only gets himself 120 games out of the 162 possible. So injuries did affect him. Lost a little bit of power output. Hit 251 with a 679 OPS, and his OPS plus was below 100 at 88. So now the question becomes, do you think that that's an anomaly, or is he a flash for a couple of years and then gone type player? I tend to believe, looking at his minor league stats beforehand, that while the 23 home runs that he hit in 2019 may be the greatest power output he ever has. That's all happy fun ball right there. Right, exactly. I, I don't know if I believe that he'll ever do that again. I don't think the 916 OPS is something we're going to see again. But I do believe the guy who sits in the mid-800s and hits around 300, if not over 300, still exists in Jeff McNeil. And so if you can get that from a left-handed batter, let's compare it to Nick Mandrigal who in his two seasons with the White Sox, 29 games in 2020, when Nick Mandrigal had an OPS of 745 and 54 games before he was injured and then later dealt, in which he had an OPS of 774. Nick Mandrigal, your hope is that he eventually becomes 
what Jeff McNeil has been for several years, right? So at that point, even though McNeil is going to be 30 years old going into this next season, you will have control of him for three years because he came up so late in the game. Unless something changes here with arbitration with the collective bargaining agreement, he's got two more years of arbitration after 2022. So you have plenty of time with that ball player unless they change something. And here's a guy that is essentially what you wanted Nick Madrigal to, to eventually become, what you thought he was going to be. That's what McNeil is as long as last year was an aberration. So I got to ask you, do you think last year was an aberration or is he a big mistake that we're going to trade for and regret? Well, there's a couple things that make me think it's an aberration. One is, is that the Mets last year were just a disaster from start to finish. They, they never quite put it all together and McNeil was part of that. And I think when you get a guy who's a middle infielder like that, who deals with a hamstring problem, uh, plays through it, obviously, because he, he missed, you know, he missed time, but he also obviously had to play through some of that and, and starts and stops. I think that does hinder a guy in his situation, in addition to all the other stuff where, you know, the whole lineup is struggling and nobody's hitting up to their potential. They had problems, you know, they had questions about Dominic Smith last year. Uh, Conforto and Brandon Nemo and you know James McCann was obviously you know a big disappointment for him so they, I, I think McNeil just had a bad year and and everybody has those once in a while I also like the fact that McNeil was a pretty good outfielder for them because when you talk about the White Sox wanting guys who can move around McNeil's one of those guys he's played third he has played the outfield very well He's a second baseman. So he's a guy that not only fits into the lineup as your starting second baseman, if you can go out and get him, but he's a guy that helps you in, you know, being able to give Yohan Moncada a day off, or if he goes down for an extended amount of time and you, and you don't have anybody to put there. Or if you do get into a playoff situation where you want to go defense and uh, you don't have an Adam Engel available or Billy Hamilton available to you, McNeil can fill in out there in a pinch as well, and you can move guys around. So he's a very, very valuable player if the Sox can go get him. I'm not entirely sure I understood why the Mets were talking about trading him away, other than the fact that they've got the untradeable, we don't know what to do with him, my God, we're stuck with this guy, Robinson Cano, coming back off of the suspension list. And that seems to be the route they're going to take is give him second base, put McNeil out there, hopefully to fix their third base issues or maybe some pitching issues because they have a fifth starter right now in David Peterson or in Tyler McGill. Those guys both struggled in their past couple of years coming up as, as youngsters who are not all that young. And, you know, let's face it, they could always use some bullpen help. And they're about to lose Michael Conforto. And J.D. Davis is on his way out, and they might have, you know, some considerations there, you know, for the universal DH coming out as well if that happens in the CBA. So I think there's stuff that the Mets could use that maybe the Sox could provide. You know, it, it just sort of depends on on how much they want back. And if Mets Twitter and, and Mets blogs are to be believed, Jeff McNeil couldn't be traded for the entire Hall of Fame class. <laughs> In their prime. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The the report is that they want pitching. And this would be the kind of deal where the White Sox would, do you want to trade Dallas Keuchel at this point? Like, are, are you trading Keuchel and, and essentially one year and $20 million with a $20 million option and moving on from him? And then you're going to have to make another move to bring in, like I said, you got, you got to keep bringing in more starting pitching if you move on from him. 
So is that the kind of deal that you're going to make? Is there somebody in your bullpen that they want? And Diaz did better uh, as a closer. He's an up and down closer. One year he's great. One year he's terrible. You know, do, are they really interested in Craig Kimbrell? I, I have no idea. But they, they definitely want pitching. I, I do find it. I don't know if the White Sox match up to be able to get McNeil. I, I, I really don't. And I do find it really funny, though, that if you look at like Mets blogs, and, you know, Mets Twitter and, you know, Mets social media, Mets podcast and all this other stuff. Uh, they they really think they're going to go out and grab a haul from uh, the the Oakland A's. Like the reasoning is, well, the A's are, are trying to do a rebuild. So they've got all this pitching. So we'll just trade McNeil to them. You know, he is going to be 30 years old in 2022. So you're not going to you're not going to start a rebuild by acquiring a 30 year old second baseman. So the, it kind of shows, like, I think all fan bases are guilty of this, but I think New York fan bases are the worst at it, where they completely overvalue their players. I mean, look at Mets, or look at Yankees fans for the last couple of years about how untouchable Clint Frazier is. Like, oh, think of the haul we could get when we finally trade Clint Frazier. They just ended up getting rid of him. Like, all these players yeah, they, on the Yankees, they kept saying, oh, these guys are you great. You dumped them. You'd have to give us, you'd have to give us Lucas Giolito for this guy. They just end up dumping all these guys. So, you know, I think New York fans really fall in love with their their players. So when I, I'm trying my hardest, like, I don't want to look at what whatever New York Mets fan sided wants because they're just they're just fans that are writing that are getting paid by the by the click. If they're sitting around and they're telling you that, like, oh, it's worth you know, this is what the Mets want. I don't know if I believe that. I really don't. The A's don't match up. What the White Sox have, but there are other teams that probably have similar things to the White Sox. That's more what matches up. I don't think that the Mets are going out and getting um, something from a rebuilding team that wants prospects or young players. They're going to get for a 30-year-old second baseman what you would normally expect for a 30-year-old second baseman. The Sox might have it. I don't know if they match up, but I know these unrealistic expectations that I see on the Mets side once this story broke over the last week. They're just that. They're incredibly unrealistic. So Vaughn, Robert, and no, Cease no, are not going no. for Jeff McNeil? None of those guys <laughs> are going for Jeff McNeil. I mean, seriously, if Little Rick Hahn, if Rick Hahn traded any one of those guys for Jeff McNeil, I will be standing outside of the ballpark at 35th and Shields with a pitchfork in one hand and a torch in another, and I would expect you all to be standing behind me. Because I'm 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 burning the place to the ground. I'm going to do one better. I'm lighting my pitchfork on fire. Ed, the art of food is at TT's restaurant. It's spelled T-H-I-T-H-I. It looks like Thiethi's. It's pronounced TT's. Thai, Vietnamese, and French cuisine located in Westchester in their second location, originally out of Evergreen Park. Now check out the new location with the big, beautiful bar, uh, the martini tastings, and the incredible food that you can find nowhere else. 11055 Roosevelt Road in Westchester. They are open pretty much every day of the week. They would love for you to come on by and try them. They have great portions, and if you want to try a couple of little appetizers, you know, first time you ever want to try escargot, do it there. Okay, I mean, they got reasonable prices and a chance for you to try out different things that are on the menu. I would tell you this, if you're looking to impress somebody, take them to TT's. Check out all they have to offer at ttsrestaurant.com, T-H-I-T-H-I restaurant.com. You know, I'm looking at McNeil's stuff here. I didn't think I'd I'd go into the third segment uh, of the show uh, talking about him. Well, you you, kind of have to because who else is out there really still as a second base option? McNeil becomes the best one available if... 
if it's true and they put him on the market, right? Isn't that automatically the guy that Rick Hahn has to go after? I, I, I still believe that second base is going to come from a trade. Uh, it, it has to at this and, point. And, and the White Sox are chasing a sunk cost trying to recoup what they lost in Nick Madrigal, and I don't think they can. That's the thing. At this point, it's what's the best What's the best that you can do. You're still going to have egg on your face. Just get the least amount of egg on your face. Maybe just some egg on your chin, a little bit of egg on the earlobe, uh, maybe a little bit maybe, in the hair. Maybe just the egg whites so the yolk's not on you. Right. Not, com- not completely covered from forehead down to your chinny-chin-chin chin with egg, but just a little bit of egg on your face. But there's no way you're coming out of this clean because it just did not work out the way you thought it was going to work out. And you trade away a guy that I still believe is going to be a star. I really liked Nick Madrigal, and I think he's going to be a really good player for a lot of years up on the north side. And I think White Sox fans are going to find that very annoying. And this is probably karma getting us back for the fact that we made fun of them for giving us Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. So, I mean, this is this is how baseball works. Sometimes you get the best of a deal. Sometimes they get the best of a deal. And and that's kind of what happened here. But at, at some point... They're going to have to get a second baseman. I think it's going to come through trade. And I'm looking at McNeil's year last year, and I, I will float a theory. Just looking at his stats and his, his and what he did at the plate as to why he may have fallen off. The injury, sure. The fact that the Mets were terrible, definitely. Uh, he Did he have a fight in the dugout with Francisco Lindor? That was a very physical confrontation. And some people believe that uh, people were grabbing each other by the neck. That's possible. Could be. Like, was it an uncomfortable place for him to play? Sounds like it. Is there a reason the Mets are getting rid of him? Probably because he doesn't get along with his shortstop. Like, they don't like each other. So, I'm fine with that. A.J. Pruszynski hit a man in his groin. Everybody in baseball thought he was a jerk, and the White Sox went out and got him, and we won a World Series with him. So, I don't care, okay? I don't care about any of that. I don't care what's freeing him up. I just want to know, can we fix what last year was? And I see two interesting stats. One, he pulled the ball more in every other season before 2021 than he did in 2021. He became more of a try to hit it to opposite field, more of a hit it to the center of the field. His pull percentage was its absolute lowest in the majors. Now, it wasn't a massive difference, but in 2019, he pulled the ball 37% of the time, and in 2021, he only pulled the ball 25% of the time. 2019 was his all-star year where he hit a ton of home runs. So maybe there's a little adjustment that could be made there. The other thing is he was unlucky. His batted his batting average with balls in play, his BAPIP, was below 300 for the first time in his career. 300 is basically what you would expect the BAPIP to fall in, okay? If you're below 300, you start to go into the unlucky range. So what I would say is he also had a low BAPIP, where in years before he had had a BAPIP that was 330 to 360 and was down at 280. So there's some bad luck, there's bad blood, there's an injury. There's a terrible team that was an absolute mess for the first half of the season, and he wasn't pulling the ball as much to right field where you would expect him to do so, especially at home, aiming for that big giant goose out in right field in the Goose Island section. That's what Jeff McNeil would be doing. So when I look at it and I look at those numbers, I can very easily tell myself in my brain during a lockout when I'm just reaching for something to feel positive about because these morons haven't gotten this fixed yet, we're about to enter 2022, okay, is that Jeff McNeil is probably the Jeff McNeil from 2018 through 2020 instead of 2021 Jeff McNeil. So I would like to see the White Sox go out and make a move. And you might have to break some eggs you don't want to break. But, I mean, look at what Reynaldo Lopez did last year. You don't think you can put a package together where they're looking for pitching and you can't give them Raylo? 
and say, hey, look what he did last year. We fixed him. We gave him, we fixed his eyes. And now he's a pitcher. Can we have your second baseman, please? We have Dallas Keuchel here, you know? I mean, there, there might be pieces, and I don't think you need to get rid of a guy like Andrew Vaughn, all right, to go out and get Jeff McNeil. I think that you can find some pieces. So that's why I'm intrigued by this. Until the White Sox do something, though, I'm losing faith daily that they're going to fix this problem at second base. It's really becoming something that's bothering me a lot. Yeah, it, this has got to be where the CBA gets fixed, the lockout ends, and before the champagne is done defizzing on the celebration of baseball returning, the trade is announced that Rick Hahn has acquired Jeff McNeil for whatever. And if that means sending Dallas Keuchel, but you're eating his salary, that would be okay. If that is sending Craig Kimbrell, but you're eating his salary, that would be fine with me. I you know it seems it seems weird to have Jerry Reinsdorf, who supposedly won't spend, send any players to Steve Cohen, who supposedly would actually you know go out and purchase most of Lower Manhattan if he if he so chose. But uh, you know I I I I think it's fine to go and do that. And if you are going to invest in Jeff McNeil, I don't think it'll cost you Andrew Vaughn because basically I don't know if the Mets want to I don't know if the Mets want a project. I think they want ready-made players too. I would say, though, and this gets back to the, well, if there's a package that surrounded something like, say, Yoan Moncada that brought back more than Jeff McNeil from the Mets because they need a third baseman, that could be an egg that ends up getting broken. Uh, you see, now you're, now you're getting crazy. This is, this is lockout fever. Now you're trading Yoan Moncada, too. Well, come on now. I think you're losing your mind at this point. Well, you, you shouldn't have left that bottle of bourbon at this end of the bar. <laughs> We're going to need another guest here coming up here for the uh, $1,000 guest bounty. So far, David Sampson and Liam Hendricks, two of the entries in the $1,000 guest bounty. If you missed either one of them, they're great interviews. They're great half hours. They're available anywhere podcasts can be found and also at SoxandBasement.com. If you don't see them right away on the page or in the featured episode section. You can just search them with the search engine. You can also find us on SoxOn35th.com as well now, but we're going to be probably adding another entry or two here before we get back to baseball. The contest runs through March, but you really only have until the end of February to submit the names to us. So if you've been sitting around thinking about it, if you've been working on somebody and you want the thousand dollars provided by Elite Benefits of America, where Butch Seymour wants to help your small or mid-sized company get better insurance, save money for the company, save money for the employees. Doesn't matter if you're already done with your renewals. You want to start working on next year right now. Check them out at EliteBenefits.net. But if you want that $1,000, now is the time to put that big push in. Now is the time to, to get on the phone with, you know, Aunt uh, Sally. And tell her that, yeah, I know you used to date Mark Burley back in high school, but I need you now, Aunt Sally. I need you to, I need you to call up Mark. I need you to, to, to appeal to his, his sensibilities. I need you to tell him that we need that thousand dollars and I need you to get him on the show. You know, I mean like that, that it's now is the time to make the push. If you want to win that thousand dollars, the contest continues here for the next couple of months. And I'm, I'm really curious as to whether or not we'll get somebody who's not baseball related. That's always been a rule. It doesn't need to be baseball related. We just haven't gotten. No, it doesn't. No, we haven't got. I mean, we haven't gotten Tom Holland yet. I mean, I'd love to see Zendaya and Tom Holland down here. They're hot. They're young. You know, that would probably trend on Twitter, right? If I got, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if I got, if I got MJ and Spider Man down here at the bar, I mean, we could probably pull that off, right? Yeah, I can see the headlines now. Right. MJ and Spider Man sit in a basement with two weird guys from the right. Midwest. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. You know, I mean, like these are the things that you should be aiming for out there. If you're a White Sox fan who wants to win $1,000 and you listen to Sox in the Basement. so And if you provide us with that guest, we don't have to listen to Ed all of a sudden just throw out there randomly. What if we throw in Yoan Moncada for Jeff McNeil? Are you out of your mind? I didn't Seriously. say throw in Yoan Moncada for Jeff McNeil. I said build expanded. a package for the Mets. They're sending back a bunch of stuff for What else are they, What are they sending us for Yoan Moncada? Like, wait, wait, here's the thing. All right. So they want pitching. So I've said Keuchel or Lopez or, you know, a, a, a couple of younger pitchers or, you know, a combination or throw in Craig Kimbrell or whatever you're going to do. And then you go, and then maybe we could throw in Yohan Mankata and get something else. So what else do you want from the Mets if you're throwing in Yohan Mankata? What do, you, what do you want? Well, we got to get that James McCann back, my friend. No! I mean, that's the whole key to the whole no! thing. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.